is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Live from the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. Yes, we are back live from the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival right here at the Sharjah Expo at Al Ta'awan Center. And we just had uh, Hussein Mahmoudi on, but we do have someone very special. Yes, indeed. I mean, we were talking all about innovation in Sharjah, but now we're moving to cover the rest of the world because one of the most effective ways to reduce poverty in developing countries is to extend the reach of the internet. And over the last 20 years, the online world has actually created millions of jobs and billions of dollars of economic activity. Technology has increased the speed and reach of information, but how do you get to communities that are offline or illiterate? To tell us more about it, we have with us in the studio an innovation catalyst, philanthropist, and entrepreneur, Cameron Elhain, who is the chairman and co-founder of Global Catalyst Partners. It's such an honor to have you right here with us. It's, you know, we've, we've been very excited about this interview. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. It's actually a pleasure to have you on. But before we dive into the internet and the online schooling that you've done, I want to ask you a little bit about sustainable innovation economies. So you kind of want to explain to the listeners what sustainable innovation economy is. Well, first of all, I think it's important to recognize uh, the difference between uh, uh, various different economies that we have had. Mm -hmm. uh, the human uh, uh, species economy started with uh, no economy, then it was an uh, agricultural economy, yes. then industrial economy, then knowledge economy, but the uh, most recent is innovation economy. In knowledge economy, where majority of uh, educational uh, programs mm. are all based, is uh, knowledge and the ability to memorize uh, mm. is extremely important. Mm. In innovation economy, what is important is having broadband access uh, to the internet so you could go and do a Google search and find all that information. Of course. Uh, so the value of ideas becomes a lot less important is implementation, mm. collaboration, execution, overcoming your fear of change. That becomes really important. Uh, uh, when uh, you look at innovation economy, idea is king and that knowledge that you have memorized has all the value. But in innovation economy, you can use a Google search and find majority of the knowledge if you know how to search it within a matter of uh, five to 10 mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. So it really becomes much more important on your abilities to make things happen. And education has to change. The jobs of future all are dependent on not memorizing and uh, having a teacher teaching you exactly. something is learning by experimentation mm. and by implementation. Yes, indeed. And, you know, speaking of teachers and how they implement methods of learning, you yourself have a story to share because back in your university days, you designed a chip that didn't work. And your professor said that you were a poor engineer. But little did he know, years later, you co-founded what we now know as an iPad mm -hmm. almost 18 years before the iPad was even invented. So can you tell us a little bit about Momenta? Sure. Well, we are... Uh when I first going back to the work I did at Stanford, I uh, 
I was in Silicon Valley working at HP Corporate Engineering Labs. Mm. I uh, convinced HP to send me to Stanford and I learned to design a chip. Mm. And the chip uh, was uh, designed, it was fabricated and it didn't work. Mm. Why didn't it work? Because <laughs> we had no tools mm. available for analysis, uh, for simulation. We just followed a certain rules that uh, the professors were teaching memorization. us. Memorization. Memorization, and uh, we were hoping it would all come out okay. Well, it didn't, so I came back to my boss and I said I have some <laughs> bad news and I have some good news. Mm. The bad news is the chip is not working. And of course this was bad because HP had paid my tuition, yeah, Stanford yeah, yeah. is so expensive, all of that. But I said the good news is here is an opportunity we can design a new engineering workstation to go and help with design, analysis, simulation, so the chips would work. And at that time, I was 26 years old, mm. and he told me, uh, I'm tired of listening to all your nonsense, oh. because every few months you come up with a new idea, <laughs> and we give you promotion, we give you all these things, and." Uh, then I find out it doesn't work. No, I said, if you don't do that, I will select some of the best engineers and we go and develop this on our own. And obviously that's what we did. They <laughs> didn't give it to us. I wanted a half a million dollar budget and a nice promotion. And they said, you are too young. So I selected some of the best engineers, we left. Three years later, HP showed interest to buy the company for 50 million. Wow. wow. But we sold it to HP's competitor, Tektronix, acquired the company for 75 million. This was in 1984. Before even the wars like uh, a Unicorn or whatever, any of these were there. And after that, I started nine more companies. And uh, nine companies, six of them mm. uh, had uh, a success, uh, ex a successful exits. Three of them were acquired. Three of them uh, were uh, IPOs. All three IPOs were unicorn IPOs over a billion dollar mm. value. Altogether, produced eight billion in uh, market valuation. But I also had three failures. Yes. And three of my ideas, which were good. They failed because execution implementation did not True. work out. And I was fired twice. Mm. My biggest failure was a company called Momenta that you mentioned. Yes. It was iPad in 1989. Mm. Mm. And uh, I had this strange dream that I was uh, watching. Uh, actually, I was reading um, Wall Street Journal and on the front page, uh, there was an article about automotive industry mm. and in my dream I went and I touched it with my finger <laughs> there was an ad on the surface of Wall Street Journal mm. and as soon as I touched it it became live color video Wow! and I said I woke up immediately I started to write I down have. notes and I said I have to go and build this kind of a tablet mm. that you can use your finger and you can use a pen and you can go and interact with it very easily. And what year are we talking about? 19. This was 1989 when the yes. idea oh came to me. Mm. By Within two and a half years, 1991, November 1991, Momento Computer was introduced and uh, we were on the cover of about 20 magazines <laughs> and I got about 10 awards as the most valuable product of the year, the future of computing. And we thought we are going to go through amazing uh, success. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
the product was not working so well and the people did not know how to use it because we had implemented from the first version no buttons. Mm. Momenta has a no buttons. Complete touch screen. Complete touch screen and no buttons. iPhone 1, 2, 3, 5, they all had, of yes. them had the home button. Until iPhone 10, that was the one that zero buttons. Exactly. Momenta 1 was implemented with no buttons. 1989. And in 1991 was the execution <laughs> implementation. So we had a lot of advanced ideas, but as I said, in innovation economy, ideas don't have much value. Exactly. True. Execution, implementation. A huge part of failure was user interface. Mm. People said, what is the button? How do we even <laughs> turn this on? Exactly. And they didn't know that they have to put their finger or the pen on the screen and hold it for so many seconds before it wakes up. Apple spent, you know, 18 years later, so much money, a few hundred million dollars, train us yeah. how to use our fingers, how to touch the screen, how to do movements and whatever with finger. We didn't have that kind of money or ability to go and educate people mm. in 1991, you know? So many times it's timing that matters, it's execution that matters, the idea could be fantastic. The other two companies, again, ideas were great. It was the execution, yeah. implementation that failed. A, a lot of people kind of push away something they don't understand. That happens a lot. And, and, and we have the prime example right now. And also I want to talk about how your revenge was success. So the best revenge that you did was your success. I mean, being pushed away and being fired by HP, and three years later, them coming out and saying, we'll give you $50 million for your company. And what you do is you go sell it to the competitor for $75 million. To me, that right there is a motivational story. Well, actually, I don't like the concept of revenge. I believe that yes. uh, what Dalai Lama teaches, that uh, revenge uh, hurts you a lot more than, uh, exactly. uh, yes. uh, than, uh, than anything else. And uh, best, uh, my philosophy in my life has always been uh, regardless of what other people did to me, I always forgive them yeah. and I always forget about that because uh, if you look at it, when you hold wrong uh, yeah. feelings, You're negative feelings about hurting. other people, it's a lot of garbage mm -hmm. and you yeah, become yeah, a yeah, garbage yeah. truck. You are uh, carrying garbage. a lot of garbage. If you just dump it and go and think positive and say, I love you all, I don't <laughs> care what has happened and we are all human beings god knows i have made so many mistakes and so many times i've been wrong just forget that and go and zero in on positive energy and try to do something True. good and in addition to all of the great innovations that you've um, created you also focus on trying to create technologies that will help bring people together and again walking back memory lane uh, you co-founded a non-profit back in 1996 that helped connect the world one school at a time. It was called Schools Online and I think we, everyone wants to know a little bit more about it and how has it been able to bridge the gap between schools and in schools in developing countries? Yeah, you know, in um, uh, 1996 my wife and I decided to give majority of our money to our foundation and our first uh, big initiative, global initiative, was Schools Online. We started to work in uh, 36 countries in 6,400 schools between wow. 1996 to 2003. And our goal and our belief was if we 
donate computers in some of the schools set up computer labs if we paid for the cost of connectivity to the internet mm. and if we train teachers because in those days you had to spend a lot of time teaching people remember uh, how you had to start a Windows machine, yes. Yes. three fingers, control, <laughs> alt, delete. You know, which genius came up with that idea? And, uh, it is uh, just the uh, user interface was horrible. So you would go and uh, try to teach uh, teachers how to use it. And uh, they would say, what is the alt key? What is control key? They had never heard of it. Delete, they knew. True. So it was very difficult to teach it. And uh, as I was working on a lot of this, Every time ideas came to me that we need to change and we need to come up with new approaches, new ways to make the cost of internet lower, uh, the access to internet more friendly, easier. And the companies that I always started were trying to work on this. But going back to schools online, this, as I said, we work in 6,400 schools till 2003. In 2003, we merged it with uh, relief organization called Relief International, so we also started to work in refugee camps. And we believe that if you work with young people mm. and help them learn how to use computers, they can go and get a lot of knowledge, a lot of education on their own, mm. and they we can help them get the jobs of the future. So it's like arming them with knowledge instead exactly. of money or exactly. equipments or even weapons in some e exactly. countries. Exactly. And that was the key vision. This became a huge effort. By 2009, we had 2,000 employees in 25 countries and our wow. annual budget was 45 million. And that was when UN asked me to become co-chair of UN Gate. United Nations Global Alliance for Use of ICT in Development. Wow. Because the leverage of technology can be put into a lot of good and you can use it as a way to create understanding between people. Because many times when you see the wars the, that cause create a lot of refugees, it's because of lack of understanding. Exactly. True, lack of communication. Lack of communication. People think they're separate. Uh, you know, I have a friend of mine who was the first uh, female tourist astronaut, Anusha Ansari, when she went to the space station, she was looking for where her, the country that she was born in, she was born in Iran, yes. where it was, and then she was looking for where the country that she has become citizen, she's American, where that was, and from space station, Every 91 minutes you go through, uh, sorry, every 41 minutes you yeah. go through, through a rotation. the rotation of the planet and she couldn't find Iran and she couldn't find America because from up there, there is no borderline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where is Iran, where is Iraq, where is Turkey, where is uh, India, where is sure. Pakistan? It all looks all they are like all one. the same thing. We are all connected. Exactly. And it is just true, the acts of a lot of crazy politicians that divide us and say we are different. Mm. And technology could be a good way to get all of us to go back to our humanity and say we are all brothers and sisters exactly. and true. we should see what we are common, what we have in common rather than the differences. Exactly. It's just been, it's, it's so interesting to see how you know, in a world where social media has become a pool of hate, you see, 
you know, people constantly coming and talking about uh, bullying and how we can fight cyberbullying. You're using the internet and you're using technology to help bridge gaps that have been created by years of lack of communication. So we'll be taking a short break, but when we come back, we want to continue our conversation about how the internet can help us dissolve barriers between nations and bridge all these differences among people. I'm really enjoying this, leaving me speechless, but we'll be right back here on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Live from the Sharjah Entrepreneurship Festival. Yes, we are back live from the Sharjah Entrepreneurship <laughs> Festival right here at the Sharjah Expo Center in Ta'awun in Sharjah. And we're having a very great time interviewing you. But, Omnia, take it away from me. Yes, indeed, because we've been talking all about the internet. Nowadays, it's being misused, but there is a chance and there is a possibility for us to be able to use it to dissolve all these uh, barriers that lie between nations and to bridge all the social and political differences among people. And who better to tell us all about it than Kamran Ulhan, who is the chairman and co-founder of Global Catalyst Partners, an international multi-stage technology-oriented venture capital firm. Welcome to Future Talk. It's been such an honor to get to speak to you today. The pleasure is mine. And uh, internet, like any other invention, uh, can be used for good or can be used for bad. Exactly. If you look at our first invention was fire. Yes. And uh, fire was very good invention because we learned how to make fire so mm. we could keep ourselves warm in the cold nights. And we learned how to make uh, cooked food that tasted so much better. And uh, we learned to smoke uh, some of our uh, leftover food so it could last a yes. lot longer. So a lot of good things, but there were also some <laughs> bad people who would use it to burn other people's houses and attack them and in the wars would do that. Or mm. Another great invention after that was uh, the knife uh, that yes. we sharpened the, the things, uh, you know, with a piece of rock and it used it as a knife to cut the things and uh, you know, build stuff, and it was very great invention. But there is maybe one percent of population which uses it as Method a way killing. to kill people. Yes, and as our inventions have gone higher and higher, the leverage has gone higher and higher. Also, so any good technology that, uh, for example, nuclear uh, technology that can produce nuclear energy majority of places use it in the right way to go and uh, benefit the lives of people. Mm. But we have seen it that nuclear bomb was created that unfortunately was used to, you know, destroy True. two major cities, uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yes. And it's a real sad uh, period. And internet uh, human, is just the same thing. And internet is the same thing. It allows you, majority of it, for people to become friends regardless of nationality, regardless mm -hmm. of religion, and learn a lot about mm -hmm. a lot of other people. But there is a small group of people that have used it as a way to go as a very powerful weapon, to create hate. division, yeah. to create a hatred, to attack other people. And it is a very interesting junction in mm -hmm. um, uh, in uh, evolution of our species because the power of the tool has become 
so big that even if a small percentage of population uses that can do significant damage mm -hmm. that we need to be aware of that and help change some of our laws and some of our practices to make it be used for good. Uh, so I think, you know, one thing we're all excited to know, what can we do as individuals to help use the internet to connect us rather than break us apart? Well, part of the whole thing is, first of all, we should learn to think positive. We should learn that we can put our positive intentions out there and it's the laws of attraction that positive ideas attract other positive things and the more young people who have a lot of good ideas, positive ways, put that out there rather than falling into exactly. this trap of uh, negative energy, uh, hate, uh, those kinds of things and zeroing on the good more and more of that comes out. The universe uh, works in a very interesting way. Uh, we have seen it, uh, we can go from the religious parts and talk about Allah and Satan or talk yes. about uh, Christ and Antichrist or uh, Krishna and Shiva. The list goes on. The yes, list indeed. of good and bad yes. or Star Wars. Uh, the, do you want to be on the force of Jedi or, or on yes, the force so, of so Darth Vader, Darth Vader. and uh, uh, Lord or whatever, all of this. But in reality, if we look at it on the modern uh, thing, we have learned that we have the force of Big Bang, which is about evolution, expansion, uh, betterment, and the force of dark holes, that is about True. destruction. And we have it within ourselves mm. to place ourselves, our intentions on the part of good, and we would get a push and acceleration, join the, you know, Jedi rule, or go on the negative side and uh, say, I'm going to attack you, I'm going to do bad things and whatever. And that one also gives you acceleration. I'm so excited and about this I, I, I love this man. Talking about law of attraction, I'm a firm believer of the law of attraction and I'm a Star Wars fan. So you just won a thousand <laughs> points in my book. A thousand points in my book. Oh, thank you, brother and sister. This is <laughs> thank wonderful you, thank, conversation. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank <laughs> you. Right. Yes, my indeed. Um, but, you know, you all of your projects kind of uh, circle around having internet become a right for every citizen instead of it being, um, let's say, an opportunity. And you know who else agrees with you? Elon Musk. You know, he's been working on his project to cover the world with internet from space. And he's actually planning to put more than 4,000 satellites in orbit so that we all, everyone on Earth, can get access to internet. Some think it's a far-fetched dream. Others say it's just a scam. I'm interested to know what's your take on it. Well, first of all, it's not just Elon Musk who is trying to do that. It's also Amazon. It's also mm -hmm. OneWeb and a whole bunch of other companies. Uh, uh, you know... If you look at uh, my background, uh, my uh, sixth company uh, invented ADSL, uh, the last company I had invented 4G technology. Uh, so I know a thing or two about communication mm -hmm. and actually uh, 5G, in my opinion, is the last of uh, cellular uh, technology that, that yeah. we have. The future, very soon, is going to come upon us is the low orbit satellite connectivity that really is going to be the end of all of the telco businesses, uh, the telecommunication businesses that we know. Mm. Telecommunication businesses have been laggards, uh, they have been dinosaurs, and uh, they have tried to, to 
really uh, extract the last bit of um, money by using their monopolistic approaches and in many countries uh, they are just uh, horrible uh, the, many of them are controlled by their governments and they just want to make more money off of uh, uh, off of uh, the uh, Our usage. Uh, usage even you know uh, at schools that uh, they charge them a lot of uh, money yes. the uh, students have to pay a lot of money using mm. uh, instead of uh, having it as a way to make it free or extremely low cost so all the students can get the education that they need. So the future is low orbit satellites and there are a whole bunch of companies working on that and I'm a great believer on that. It absolutely makes sense. Uh, watch uh, SpaceX, watch Amazon, watch <laughs> OneWorld and also watch Google. Uh, how many of you are even aware of uh, what Google has done in the form of Google Fi? Yeah, I, I, I know about Google Fi. Google Fi works in uh, over 170 countries mm -hmm. as a business called MVNO, Multi-Vendor Network wow. Operator. And it is amazing and already has got a few hundred million users. And as soon as, I would not be surprised. I, uh, you know, I don't uh, have any uh, inside information. I'm not an investor in <laughs> Google. I uh, don't have an inside. But if I was in Google, I would develop MVNO business, <laughs> uh, have a billion customers. And then as soon as uh, whether SpaceX uh, does it or whether Amazon does it or OneWeb does it, go and buy one of these companies or go and uh, form a why, why relationship with them and make internet True. available to everyone <laughs> exactly. for free. Exactly. True. Because uh, you can make money off of selling products, uh, advertising, alternative yes, models. Why not do that in a proper way? But why should we look at other people when you have a project coming up yourself? Because even though everyone is afraid of innovation taking over us, you're actually creating a project to help increase more job opportunities within the field of innovation. We're running out of time, but we would like a quick you know, thing to look forward to when sure. it comes to uh, the works of Cameron Ilhan. Well, uh, I uh, believe that uh, we can go and create the jobs of future if we work with the young people because uh, the innovation economy belongs to people who are not afraid of change, mm -hmm. who are uh, fresh with new ideas and who don't have much to lose. Mm -hmm. This is the definition of young people. The old people, especially old men who are in charge, they don't like any change. They have monopolies and they are in control of everything. Mm -hmm. We can empower using technology, get the young people to learn software and learn algorithmic content. Mm. What is algorithmic content? Something like Karim. All True. it does, it has uses artificial intelligence, the big data, calculates who needs the right where, uh, what is the traffic condition, where is the nearest driver, Connected. connects everything connects together and has a higher value of many mm -hmm taxi companies combined. Exactly. True. And that's and, exactly what you're doing. And it's starting by young people. Mm. So if you look at what happened to the uh, uh, newspaper industry, what happened to music industry, what happened to bookstores, what happened to video rental stores, all of these changes are coming along. And let me tell you, the banks are going to disappear, the <laughs> telcos are going to disappear, uh, the oil and gas companies, uh, coal companies have already disappeared. The future is in the hands of young people. Exactly. And it's the young people, I believe, are thinking globally and they care about the environment. They don't want to destroy the environment. 
and they want to do a lot of good things. And in innovation economy, all you need is good brains True. and access to internet. And there you can you generate wealth. There you have it. You heard it right here. Thank you so much. It's Kamran an honor having you right coming. here. I enjoyed this interview so much. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it too. Thank you. Future much talk. love to all of you. Much Thank love to you, you as so well. Much. Future Talk is coming to an end, but you still have special coverage of the third edition of the Sharjah Entrepreneurial Festival that's going to be, you know, continued with our very own Omar Adouri with the halftime show. So stay tuned right here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.